Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to my podcast, Happy Mum, Happy Baby. This week's guest is my mate. Oh, she plays the violin. She's a storyteller. She's just an all-round good egg. She is Izzy Judd. That has to be the best intro. I might introduce you like that all the time. Please do. (laughs) Izzy, how long have we known each other now? We were just saying. (laughs) I've already forgotten. (laughs) 12 years. 12 years. 12 years. That's insane. Yeah, I... I remember meeting you at, in the kitchen at the band house. Do you? At the guy's band house. Yeah, I do remember. Really oh, do. I, I can remember being at like, was it Nottingham the last night of tour? And you being there and there was yeah. a massive thing. Is this coming on the tour bus? <laughs> <laughs> so 
anyone who doesn't know, our husbands are in a band together and um, we have been tour wives for a, a large portion of our lives. Really, we have. Our friends. We have had friends. Yeah. Lots of fun on, on that tour bus. I mean, I just like sleeping. <laughs> I'd like did. to be on a tour bus you right always, now. <laughs> I say you did because life is so different now, but you did. You just used to ha- just disappear off into the bunks. Yeah, Jean's on your really own. fighting to go on a t- on tour. Why? Because he just wants to be on a tour bus on a bunk <laughs> <laughs> on my own. So, Izzy, I wrote a book at the start of the year called Happy Mum, Happy Baby. Yes. In this book, I talk very openly and honestly about, you know, becoming pregnant, miscarriage, um, becoming a mum. And uh, and discovering if I was the mum I thought I was going to be and all of that jazz. And in Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast, I'm inviting other people to do the same. Yeah. Rather nicely of you, you've written a book called Dare to Dream, in which you have given such a beautifully honest account of your own, you know, your own journey into motherhood. I just want to talk to you about everything that's in that book. Like literally, I have cried so much, and it's so weird. And I know that you said it when you read. Happy Mum, Happy Baby. So even though I was there watching you mm-hmm. and go through all this stuff, it's very different reading it. Yeah, totally. And you see things in a completely different light. And so there would be times where I thought you were completely coping and things weren't even hitting you, you know, mm-hmm. and actually they weren't at all. And So tell me, first of all, what made you write Dare to Dream? I was just totally inspired to be honest about my experiences mm. with... Um, trying for a baby because of the reaction that I got from other couples once I did open up about the fact that it hadn't been a straightforward journey for us. Mm. You know, when Harry and I announced our pregnancy, I felt really conscious about how I could do that sensitively, mm. having been that person that's had to to see another announcement, knowing that everyone I saw, every announcement I saw, hit me that little bit harder yeah. when you're trying for a baby. Um, there is that thing, isn't it? You're constantly looking at other people and kind of going, if she can do it, why can't I do it? If that person can do yeah. it without even trying, why yeah. is it, you know? And often you don't hear, you know, you just, you make the assumption that it's happened very easily and very quickly for everybody. Mm. And it's not the case most of the time. Yeah. You know, one in seven couples are affected by fertility issues. Um, And yet it's somehow still a subject that's still very much left in silence. So Mm. I suppose, you know, I wanted to write Dare to Dream so that I could be a companion and a comfort and support to other couples who were going through what we went through. And just from an emotional point of view, there's so, so much out there that talks about the sort of science behind fertility or specific holistic treatments like acupuncture or nutrition but there's very little that's actually emotionally Mm. uh, what it feels like and I suppose it's similar with you with with you know becoming a mum you know you talk about IVF though in such a beautiful way you know uh, I think people really are fearful of it and and you you talk about the magic of it and I love hearing that. Mm. It's so beautiful. And, you know, you see Lola and you just think, I can't help but think back to what um, you've said about that picture of her as like a tiny embryo before being implanted. And it is, it's a miracle. Yeah. I mean, I think I see, you know, I, I've met a lot of couples now who, mm. are, who are facing um, fertility struggles and and about to embark on IVF. And I can see the fear yeah. um, in people's faces. And, and of course, it is 
it's difficult. You know, mm. there are the injections, there are the side of it that is very challenging mentally and physically for a woman to go through. Also, you know, it might be financially that they only have one round and the stress that that puts on on you as a person, that yeah. you've just got this one shot, that it feels like that. And so for me, I felt strongly that I wanted to try and shift the perspective that people have about IVF because knowledge is is everything mm -hmm. and I suppose at the moment you know because we're not necessarily speaking openly about it women are frightened and I just wanted to explain my experiences from a different point of view yeah. and you know for me the experience was magical it was totally not what I had expected mm. it to be when you had such a crappy time before that yeah you know it's the way that you viewed it you turned it into something magical you know it's your own perception of it and you know what you did with it which you're hoping to for other people to see really yeah I mean for me IVF was the first time I felt there was any hope mm. that this might actually happen you know I had I think probably I, I was very depressed actually mm. because I knew I battled with anxiety and I felt that anxiety was what was holding me back from being able to conceive. And it's really, really difficult when you know that your body needs to relax and you know all these, it doesn't matter, you know, you can read it, people say it to you, but if you are just not built that way and you naturally respond to things with an anxious mind. Yeah. You know, I spent those months leading up just completely having a battle with myself because I so wanted to be different but mm. I couldn't help the way I was and I just think my body just didn't feel that it was safe to but, and you've had anxiety for a long time you've lived with it for yeah I mean you know yeah. yeah yeah you've been been around and um mm. you've seen firsthand yeah um which a lot of people haven't no and I think unless you see it unless you really experience it think it's very easy to kind of shrug it off and be like oh you know whatever mm. get over yourself it's just whatever and actually it's not that at all no you've spoken about it to me actually a lot in the past for fiction work that I've been writing you've spoken to yeah. me about panic attacks and anxiety and and I think the way that you kind of talk about it all rational thinking goes out the window mm. and in that moment there's nothing that nothing exists outside of this what exactly. you're living through exactly and I I think anxiety you know, I now have to look at it as a friend yeah, rather than my enemy. And I have learnt. And actually, you know, becoming a mum changes things in terms of the fact that when you're with a child, you're very, very present. Mm -hmm. You know, you're very much in that moment. You're, you're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about what your child's need is at that time of the day. And so you're you're actually not able to drift yeah. to think too forward or too back. You're, you're, you're very much with the moment. And I think one of the greatest kind of cures, I suppose, of my anxiety anyway, was to try and get my mind present. Um, so in a way, Lola's kind of saved me a bit really? in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. So funny as well, because I think anyone who, who knows you, any of my mates, when they find out that you've got anxiety and that you've battled with it for a long time, it doesn't marry up with the person they see because I think you're such a carer. And I think oh. you go out of your way to make other people feel good. You're very welcoming in any situation. So you kind of put yourself out there. And I think maybe on a much large, larger scale, that is what Lola 
does for you. you she's given you something massive to care for. Yeah. And it does take you out of yourself. I'm sure you're I'm sure you're right. And I think, you know, going through fertility issues, mm. that is something you have no control over. Yeah. And when you're you know, when you have anxiety, well certainly for me, the way I dealt with it was if I could control the situation, then I could control the anxiety. Mm. Um So how did you deal with that through all of the fertility stuff? Yeah, you know, it's so strange because do you mean with IVF? Yeah, all of it. Well, all of it, because, yeah. Yeah, so I think initially, you know, that was what was so difficult because I had no control. Mm. You know, I had no... I didn't know whether it was going to happen that month or not and I didn't know if it was going to happen. And living in that space is terrifying yeah. when all you want is to be a mum and you no-one can tell you. And it's very hard when people sort of say to me, what would your advice be? Or Because that's the thing with fertility. It's such a... You know, it, even when doctors say, that, oh, you will not conceive naturally, and then you hear of stories where they yeah. do, mm-hmm. there's this sort of mystery surrounding it that even, you know, science is amazing. Yeah. And IVF is, you know... I mean, it's only been going, what, 38 mm-hmm. years. It's still relatively new, but I do, I do feel that... It's one of those things that if we can try and just, for me anyway, look at it from a positive light and really believe that miracles, that it it can happen, Mm. that for me was a much better way to to live my life than being in fear of it, Yeah, if that makes sense. Kind of embracing what you're going through. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, definite stages I went through. Um, the initial panic, mm. the initial rush to the doctors, the medical intervention. Just let's fix it. What do I need to take? What do I need to do? And then when I reached a realisation that actually this isn't going to happen straight away. Mm. And so I need to think about this differently. I made a decision to do a complete detox, mind, body, soul, yeah. everything. Yeah. I did stop trying. OK, yeah, you know, you hope that you'll fall pregnant, but I didn't have the same... in your head sometimes, isn't there? I'm going to stop trying, but there's hope. <laughs> yeah, of course. There's always yeah. that, what was that twinge? What, yeah. You know, there was, I was definitely... Boobs are feeling a bit funny. Yeah, exactly. The Goog- I was definitely still on Google and I was definitely... But I, I did manage... I, something shifted. Yeah. So by the time I got to actually have IVF, because it was pretty clear that I was going to need help, mm-hmm. my helping hand, I like to think of IVF, I was in such a good place mentally and physically that it was the right time for me to go to go in for it mm. rather than that panicked fix-it state. That's really yeah. interesting because I think for me, so after I, um, after I had my miscarriage, I felt really angry and um, I hated everything about my body. I just mm. was in such a, a horrible place and actually I needed to grieve, I needed to get, through that period and it's only when I started having like a proper detox and being kinder to myself that I felt pregnant with Buzz yeah Um, you know and I think there are those moments that are so tough but we have to we have to allow them to happen because that's that's just emotion and they have to come out and and I do think that eventually hopefully you'll find yourself in a spot where you are kinder yeah exact to yourself yeah yeah I mean I remember clearly witnessing you and the emotions surrounding mm. your miscarriage. Yeah. And it's 
incredibly tough at that time, you know, I think I was able to connect mm -hmm. with it. But it is very, very, if you haven't, if you haven't gone through it. Yeah. It is, it is difficult to really But you did an amazing thing for me. You came over the day it happened, you know, the boys were off doing a radio tour, I think. And uh, and uh, and you came over. It was a week before your wedding. Yeah. Had a bunch of favors that you had to stick stickers on some matchboxes. <laughs> How awful am I, basically? <laughs> no, it was amazing because you weren't coming over and going. Let's talk about this. Mm. It was you gave me an activity to do, and we could talk about it if I wanted to. You know, and I've heard miscarriage talk about the loneliest grief and. You know, like with IVF, I think miscarriage is something that we don't talk about enough because we're fearful that it's going to happen to us. Yeah. Um, and so I think these are all things that we all need to start talking about, really. I mean, it's it's interesting, though, you saying that, I, you know, I brought over that job for you mm. to do because I speak in my book about my brother's accident. Right. Uh, Rupert, who had a, you know, as you know, had a um, very serious car accident and he had an extensive brain uh, surgery and it was mm. 12 hours long. Um, my mum's dear friend turned up the morning with a, a load of curtains that needed hooking, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what made me think, oh, I'll... That was what my mum needed. It's not yeah. necessarily that you want someone to come... To, you don't want to talk about it. You don't want somebody mm. to fix it. You don't yeah. want somebody to... You, you just want someone to be there. Yeah. And so I remember my mum always really appreciating having mm. that friend that sort of... Yeah... You knew they were there if you yeah. needed to talk, but you didn't have to talk, you know, if... Because, I, I mean, I get asked, how do I help a friend going through yeah. IVF or, you know, and sometimes I just think it's it's sometimes okay not to know what to say, mm -hmm. but just to, you know, let your friend know that you're there. Yeah. If you want to talk. Yeah. You know, we've both experienced miscarriage and, and around the same time. Yeah. Uh, in terms of weeks yeah, yeah. of pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I don't know about you, but for me, the moment I saw that I was pregnant on, you know, those sticks. Yeah. <laughs> you you know, you you in your mind, you're you're a mum. Yeah. You're already projecting ahead of, you know, what will that child be like you know you you're already thinking about names and you you're totally you're there yeah so you know to lose a child at any any point there is a I think a natural grief that's not necessarily given the space to kind of be able to talk about so yeah I, I think fear is a massive part of that yeah. Fear of people thinking that maybe it's a contagious thing. And, you know, I think we, we will we'll be all worry that, I don't know, it's just ridiculous. I think this whole 12-week thing, you know, you can't say that you're pregnant until you're 12 weeks just in case. Mm. Just in case what? Just in case the worst happens and you need to speak to a friend. I know. You know. Did it change when you were pregnant with Buzz? Did you tell people sooner? No, we didn't actually. Uh, I, I think I told my uh, my family and you guys a lot sooner. Mm -hmm. um, like, literally pretty much straight away but we didn't actually like, announce that I was pregnant until I was 19 weeks yeah just because I was because it, really worried I think I certainly felt actually I do want the people closest to me to know yeah. because you know I want that support mm -hmm. but there's still that part of you that's you you almost well certainly for me until Lola was actually born mm. I still had fear yeah you know that everything was going to be okay Definitely. and I think miscarriage takes away that lovely it, it the naivety almost 
you kind of assume. Mm -hmm. I mean, Harry and I have spoken about this. I mean, he he says he feels so stupid for thinking that getting pregnant was just that, you know, and that he kind of was, yeah, it was interesting reading that in in his chapter that he's done mm. and just his perspective on, on that. And I do think... It must be incredibly tough for women that have recurrent yeah. um, miscarriages and, and to be able to celebrate a pregnancy. Mm. And I think that's, you know, that's it's sad in, in many ways. Yeah, it is. You know. It is. So we've both been through crappy times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how did that, how do you think everything that you went through to become a mum has affected you in the mum that you are? And how does that compare to the mum that you thought you would be? Yeah. So I find it a little bit difficult if somebody suggests that I'm a different mum mm-hmm. because of the fact that I had IVF. Yeah. I would never want Lola to think she's any different to any other child. Mm-hmm. I think every baby, every pregnancy is a miracle and completely amazing mm-hmm. and whatever way they're conceived. But I think that actually I have experienced guilt when I find things difficult. Yeah. Because I feel I'm so lucky to be in a position where I've, you know, where I have Lola. And if I have a difficult day or that I'm finding it difficult, I do feel guilty for having those emotions. Yeah, yeah. And that's where it's been hard. Mm-hmm. Do you ever express that you're finding it difficult? Do you feel like, do you find it, you know, too difficult to say that you're finding it, you know, do you feel judged if you feel guilty? You know, I think... I mean, to be honest, the worst time was the initial when she was first born. Yeah. I just had not prepared. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's hell. For I <laughs> those nice moments with your newborn. No, it's hell. I was Oh my goodness. It was I was expecting this blissful bubble. <laughs> and what I got was sleep. cabbage leaves. <laughs> cabbage leaves. Were you wearing your and cabbage I leaves when we first came over? Probably. <laughs> probably. Harry was hand expressing. I mean, it was all going on. It was just... I still love this story because I'm like, could you not have hand expressed yourself? No, Harry was getting in there with the hand expressing. I never thought about but that. But it's the things that you do, isn't it? I think you're so sleep It's so true. Why didn't I just... <laughs> I didn't want to say it at 
time because I was like, anyway, she's happy. She's been expressed. It's Do you fine. Know? <laughs> That's so funny. I think maybe, yeah, I don't know why. I'm going to have to ask Harry why. <laughs> why did we come to that decision that you had expressed? <laughs> I mean, but the chaos, G. Oh. Like... It was just nothing I had prepared for. So much focus had been on getting pregnant, mm. getting through the pregnancy, and then the birth. Yeah, I was so focused on labour. I had not considered how my life was actually going to change. Mm. And I felt, when Harry and I got home with the baby, I mean, that is weird in itself that... You're, you're let you let go from hospital with a baby suddenly responsible and you look at this baby and you just I remember we just had I don't know how long we were there just looking just going what what do we do yeah and you know you're out of hospital so quickly mm-hmm. by that point I'd only fed once yeah like but they see the latch the latch is good you're off yeah you know. the latch was not good <laughs> it's never good <laughs> um and Oh, my goodness. It was just the toughest three or four months. Really? Oh, yeah, it really was. And hormonally, I think I was much pregnant. I was actually hormonally much more stable. <laughs> but when, when once my milk came in and I was feeding and I, hormonally, I was just... I mean, I apologise to Harry now. Do you? I was just... Just as about to go through it again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping... I mean... You can't help, there's this maternal instinctive reaction mm. of wanting to take care of your baby. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. You know, now when I go and do my, my shopping, like grocery shopping and stuff, if I hear a newborn baby cry, I don't even flinch. But yeah. when that is your baby, it sounded deafening yeah. to me. The mum sweats come out. Oh, the sweating. <laughs> no one tells you about that either. I it's mean, awful. It's, yes. And then I I remember we talk, us talking about this, but I'd be like, I'm boiling. Is Lola hot? Is she cold? Do you remember in Manchester? I literally have to ask you all the time, is it too hot in here? Is it, is it, is it me? It's me. It's me. Okay. Yeah. And all your kind of rational mind just... Yeah. I mean, I remember one night, it was the middle of the night... Um, because I was always very like, you know, it's always that question, is she a good sleeper? People love that question. <laughs> Incidentally, Lola was a very good sleeper. She was yeah. fast asleep. I was wide awake, <laughs> wide, just staring at her. <laughs> is she breathing? You know, is she too hot? Is she too cold? Is she okay? Mm. And I had to find myself kind of thinking, Izzy, don't reach for Google. What do you actually think? Yeah. What You have to remind yourself just to kind of take a step back and think, you know, just use your, you know... Intuition. Intuition. Well, I think there's so many things, though, aren't there? There are so many books that tell you, you know, you do this, this, this and this. You know, you'll hear the baby cry. You'll know when the baby cries like this, you'll know when it's hungry. No. no. All the cries actually sound the same, yeah. actually. Book. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so you literally spend your whole time going, what does everyone else think? Yeah. And actually, sometimes it is just being a bit calmer. And do you not think as well, like when I talk to my mum, for example, I mean, they were in hospital for a lot longer back then. But um, uh, we have too much information. Yeah, There's too many opinions, too much knowledge, which is a positive, but Mm -hmm. it also, on the flip side, it's overwhelming because everybody is telling you something. And they all think they're right. Yeah. Whereas actually... No one's right when it comes to you and your child. Only you are. You know, you, yeah. you work out. And it takes a while, I think, to work it out. Yeah. Um, 
I was really lucky second time around. Second time around is, for me, it was such a different... This is wonderful to hear. It's good. It's good, <laughs> Izzy. It's good. Izzy, it's weeks away. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> You'll have a baby by the time this podcast is out. Really? Yeah. Oh, that is crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> you'll to be a mum too. And you'll know, we'll know what is yeah. growing me now. Yeah. Girl or boy? Girl name? Or boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah second time around was completely different I think because I didn't I I, I must have got to a point where I was just suddenly like okay stop with everything actually and just realise that everyone else's judgement it's you don't have to let it in just do what you're doing yeah and um, I think that came with feeding and everything because I was in the car for the uh, feeding Buzz even when he was like five months old and all of a sudden I got to the point where I was like no I'm going to sit on this bench and do this and and I think so by the time I uh, Buddy arrived I think I felt a lot more confident to just go with it. Yeah. And obviously he's a different baby and obviously he had his own challenges. Um, but I think having been a mum before, it did feel a lot calmer. Yeah. You just knew the initial kind of what to expect. Yeah. And that you, you've done it once. Yeah. And I think thinking that the first few weeks were going to be hell actually made it not seem quite <laughs> so bad. <laughs> and also, I think, you know... Tom was uh, and Harry was the same, you know. They went off on tour, you know, yeah. and this time, you know, Harry's not. Oh, he's going on a book tour, actually. Yeah, he 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 will be very busy. Oh. Um, but you just have to <laughs> yeah. get, fit, get happy. Get, fit, get happy. <laughs> <laughs> we can do this. We're friends. It's fine. <laughs> oh, it's funny. So it was me and you trying to get pregnant at the same time. Yes, and had fertility issues. Yeah, that's it's quite surprising. Yeah, and I always remember thinking. Your way of, I just remember, yeah, you were very practical about how you dealt with the issue, like what you needed to do, mm. like taking the medication and yeah. or whatever. I just remember admiring that, that you sort of were very practical about how you went about dealing with it. Yeah. Also, we're you had known it. about PCOS, Yes, I knew what it was because of you. Because you, I remember you saying years before we were even starting to think about it that you had it. And so when the doctor told me that I had it, I was like, okay, it's got it. But like, she literally handed me this um, piece of paper from that she'd printed from the internet. It wasn't even a proper doctor's <laughs> pamphlet or anything. And I said, this, this is what you have. And there was a subheading on there called fertility. And I tried to talk to her about it. And, you know, I said, what's this? And she was like, oh, you don't have to worry about it. You're not yeah. there. And, um, you know, so that's when I went to see Craig, who turned out to be both of our doctors in the end, and, you know, one of us. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I, and going um, on metformin, and I just think it all seems, I don't know, fertility is such a, a weird thing, and I, I think that we all have to be talking about it. And I know there's loads of stigma around people asking, you know, are you, do, you, are you, do you want babies? Or, you know, you know yeah. and I think... Maybe if actually we use that as a way of talking about fertility, mm. you know, if someone don't, don't, and I know it's a, such a personal thing and, you know, I was probably a bit too emotional after my miscarriage and I probably told a few too many people that, well, can you, I don't know, can you tell too many people that you've been through that? Um, but yeah, I think if the question's asked, answer it, yeah. you know, and but answer it in a way that if you if you feel able to yeah um because that's the way that the subject's going to get talked about and if you never know that person then 5 years down the line might go through IVF and kind of go oh i, I remember having that conversation and yeah. you know and they might think i shouldn't have asked that question but yeah. they might be glad that they had that chat yeah. and they might understand it a little bit more exactly exactly and i think as well you know there's very little knowledge taught 
when we're younger mm-hmm. about fertility. No, it's all it's, all about don't do it because you, yeah, you know you're going to get which caught short absolutely and... rightly so. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> we do need to be taught that side, but absolutely. I do think as well as a girl growing up, your hormones shape you. Yeah, and your and your reproductive system and everything. There should be more information about how we can look after mm. our fertility, yeah. um, not just about how we can prevent. Yeah. falling pregnant because there's an assumption that when you want to fall pregnant it's going to be the easiest thing yep and I think as you say you know certainly what's been amazing for me I have been approached by lots of um couples and I'm I'm quite keen for it not to just be a woman's issue because yeah. this is very much about the two of you and mm-hmm. and, and men in, um male infertility yeah and, you know I often think if it's hard for women to talk it must be really yeah. hard for me to true. talk yeah. but there have been occasions where you know when when we were going through the struggles that it never felt like the right time to start the conversation yeah. so you know say you're at a party for example mm. and you're seeing old friends so how are you yeah you know it's very difficult to say well actually I'm going through xyz yeah um but actually when I did make the decision to just say, oh, actually, this is what we're doing. This mm. is the, this is what we're going through. This is, I couldn't believe how, what a difference, it, how it made me feel. Yeah. The weight sort of being lifted. And a lot of the couples say, you know, when they write to me, they finish saying, gosh, I had no idea how much I needed to actually write that down. Yeah. And I didn't know how much I needed to say. And I think carrying it around on your own is is tough, so... You know, I just, I suppose I'm on a little mission to help people feel that it's okay to, to talk and, you know, not be ashamed. Mission. You know, I'm I'm really proud of the way that Lola um, was conceived and, and thank so goodness I be. did go through that because then we, I would never have met her and that's just an awful thought. Oh, yeah. Lola, don't you make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> that's not hard, G. <laughs> It's not. I'm an emotional bag. I'm not pregnant, but I'm just very emotional. I'm a very emotional person. Bless. And now, can we just point out the, the fact that you are pregnant with number two? Yes. And how did this happen, Izzy Judd? Walk us through this. <laughs> I know, it's funny because I say to people, we did know what we were doing. <laughs> but it was basically, I we always made the decision. We would just see what would happen. Mm. You know, oft, you'd often get people saying... Oh, well, my friend, people love to tell you their stories. Um, oh, she, you know, tried for years and years and then they had IVF and then she fell pregnant naturally. And inside you think, uh, you just think, well, that will never be me. Yeah. You know, how could it be that simple? So when I did find out I was pregnant, I was so shocked and I just could not believe that it, my body had done it. It was just this surreal moment and I just feel really really lucky you know but we do have a frozen embryo still in the freezer um with its woolly hat on (laughs) one of Harry's friends actually thought it was in our freezer (laughs) (laughs) when I look at Lola and I think that day the embryologist could have picked the other embryo and it could be it could have been Lola that was waiting it's very I find that very difficult to think that I couldn't go back I'd always wonder I mean you're gonna go back (laughs) yeah so yeah so I suppose in a sense we were 
we just assume that that would be yeah the next path but you know it just shows you and I think when I did denounce you know and I and that was difficult because I thought here I am writing this book and now I've fallen pregnant yeah but you know I guess I just hoped that it gave other couples hope that it is possible and the reaction I've had has always been positive and lovely and that it's made people feel hopeful so yeah and is that what you want people to to come away from the book feeling definitely definitely you know because when I started writing it I I hear many many fertility stories women that have gone through a lot tougher you know far more rounds far Mm. more the complications and you know I was worried that my story almost well you know was it full enough that was kind of my question I mean yes it was for me it was a massive part of and has changed me as a person and but I think what has struck me is that every woman, whatever their circumstance, whatever their journey, whatever their experience, they have felt the same emotions. Yeah. We're all saying the same things. Um, and that helps you feel less alone. And, mm. and certainly on the little kind of book tours I've done and um, when people have started to open up, um, that has really, really struck me that we're all... Yeah, we've all been through the same feelings and I think that's what I always hoped with Dare to Dream, that it would make, you know, that we would all realise that, yeah, you're not alone and, you know, we're in this together, like mummyhood. (laughs) That's that's something that's going to stick with you. You need that. You need to know you're not alone. Exactly. All the time, especially those first three weeks. Exactly. (laughs) And if you could give one piece of advice, I know this is probably something you're asked all the time, um... Or just one little bit of encouragement to anyone who's going through it. Yeah. What would you say? I mean, I really feel that the way you think about things shifts the whole experience. Yeah. So, you know, for me, certainly going into IVF, or even if I was just trying to conceive naturally, I think if you're in a in a headspace where you believe that it can happen mm. and you really visualise yourself you know falling pregnant becoming a mum really really believe that it will be your turn I think that's really powerful Mm. and it's something you can have control over your mind is something that you can shift even if the doctors are sort of taking control of your body I still feel the mind is the most powerful and we have control of that so when you go through something you, you there is a part of you that kind of goes when I actually have my baby in my arms, all mm. of this will be a distant memory. Like it, it won't even that even the time it took to to have Lola to have Buzz, it's it's nothing in comparison to everything that comes after. Yeah. Um. But I think that writing it down in a book for you to give to other people to help them through it to actually remember that time and everything that you went through to have Lola. Yeah. I think it's just absolutely remarkable. Oh, thanks, G. And I, I think definitely, like I'm sure you felt that with your book. There's it's something really therapeutic mm. about having the chance. I feel really lucky to have been given the chance to write a book about it. And, yeah. you know, I often wonder whether, because it was during writing that I fell pregnant, you know, whether just something shifted. You Let know, it go like, of something. Yeah, something kind of changed. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I'm remembering the moment. I remember the moment Lola was born and looking at her and other than thinking that she didn't, that basically she looked like Harry's brother. <laughs> <laughs> other than that 
But I remember, I remember looking at her and thinking, you know, I would wait forever. Yeah. For that, for you, yeah. just just for you, and it was that moment of, you know, we've been through so much, mm. and and here she is, finally, you know, here she is, yeah. and yeah, that's why I think visualize that in your mind if you're going through the struggles, that that moment mm. that you know you will get there. Oh, is he? <laughs> <laughs> so each week I round up the podcast by asking three questions. Well, asking you to finish three sentences. Okay. So, being a mum means... My the only word comes to my head is just everything. Oh. You're going to make me cry again. <laughs> Since having children, I... Since having children, I can't remember what life was like before I had children. I can't remember me. Yeah. Just me. <laughs> does that make sense? It completely makes sense. Yeah. It completely does. And I'm happy when? I'm always happiest watching Harry and Lola together, when they don't know I'm watching. Yeah. When I hear them and their interaction and watch their relationship and the giggles and the, oh, yeah. It's so lovely having the person that you love love the person that you love in a weird way, yeah. isn't it? More than they love you, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> never, never. Izzy, thank you so much for thank being a guest on oh, my podcast. Oh, thank you, G. We could just talk. I know. And I think, and you know, talk. I know this is called Happy Mum, Happy Baby and we talked about quite some, you know, dark stuff today, but I think it's important because we do have to start talking. Yes, absolutely. And thanks for giving me the chance to, you know, say my bit, I suppose. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks, Love Jean. you. Thank Love you. you. <laughs> Love you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 